Hey, how's it going, Jeff? Good. Um, no, I mean, you, so you're looking good today. Oh, I mean, maybe it's just because I don't usually see you and because oh. you know, the lights off, but you're looking real good. Well, thanks. Jack told me the same thing. It must be my day. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got a haircut. Ah, yeah, that'll do it. Well, well, sorry. Welcome everyone to to an episode of the actor and the actuary. I'm Jeff, the actor, and I'm Aaron, the actuary. And uh, you know, we're just uh, just a couple guys in opposite states talking about our careers, life, and completely two different worlds. We're trying to figure out what the heck's going on, who we are, what we're doing, and I don't know, man, if it means something at all, freaking at all. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, you, you've been busy, huh? Yeah. It's insane right now. Like it's, uh, sorry. What are you drinking? Um, oh, what are you drinking? I got, I got a nice oh. surprise here for, oh. for everyone. Oh, what do you have? Well, I, uh, I got just a shot of rum. <laughs> oh my gosh. No way. Right, here we go. Or, down oh, down the gullet. Wow, just starting it off right, just like that. I'm good. And that's your drink for the night. That's my drink. <laughs> cool. That's interesting. Uh, wh- what episode is this? We've already moved to shots? I, mean- <laughs> <laughs> I decided I do want to like, you know, instead of rummaging around my pantry at like 925, I want to actually like get some ingredients for real drinks, like yeah. make an old fashioned, Yeah. you know, make, I don't know, some other cool drink like an old fashioned. <laughs> well, I, I, uh, I like went down, um, to get some wine, you know, uh, at some point in time, I'm going to run out of wine or at least Cabernet because I am now moving through Ralph's, like it is nobody's business, just grabbing random bottles of wine that I've just never had before. Cause I'm like, crap, I need to make sure that I have one of these for, for Monday when I record with Aaron. Cause I, I don't even know what any of these are. Anyway, I picked up. Let wine. me guess barrel aged cab sav. <laughs> no, it is <laughs> oh, okay. not. You got the last part, right though. It is a cab sav. Um, here's the problem. I don't know what it is. Give me uh, 12 seconds. All right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. This is just like Jeff. He thinks, oh yeah, 12 seconds, but really he means a lot longer than that. He just, you know, he, he gets a little overconfident sometimes, you know. He thinks he knows what he's doing, but no, he's really going to take longer than 12 All seconds. Right, now he's coming. Oh my gosh, did you not hear me shouting? Okay, it's called Hedgeline. Hedgeline, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah, okay, write that on the sheet. Nice. Yeah, hedge. Oh my line. goodness, you know what you're... Yeah, Gentlemen, when you get into your 30s, you get out of breath real easy. I just went to the kitchen. Yeah, oh my got, a big, got a big house there, you know, Hollywood actor. So. Oh, yeah. Had to go up 14 floors of stairs. <laughs> you know, I never mentioned what kind of rum I was drinking. I mean, I, I'm drinking the rum of rums. Oh, tell me so, about it. Uh, have you ever heard of a little, a little man named Ron Diaz? <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, he, he makes some delicious off-brand rum. <laughs> wow, classic. <laughs> I was inspired by the shot because I had one of those tiny bottles probably got from an airplane or something anyway um, you we have we didn't get to meet last week yeah what, i know we've been on? like it's been nuts man uh so just work life is intense uh and and wait 
So you moved into camping? Pun, pun, pun. Yeah, we're just like, we just are all intense right now because, wow. you know, California weather and we just are trying to give back. And hmm. um, oh, man, actually, that is actually really true and sad because there is so much homelessness right now here. Hmm. There's so many tents going up. It's just. You mean insane. more than usual? Yeah, like out really? of control, uh, hmm. which is actually really sad. Um, so while I would love to say that I'm like slammed and busy with with acting, I'm I'm actually not. Uh, it's not. I don't know what's going on with that. It's like uh, we're in like this weird season of trying to figure out if the industry's back from COVID or not, and trying to figure out if there's auditions actually. So it, it's like trying to figure out itself. But um, in the other job as a uh, what did you call it? Just property management guy. Um, yeah, yeah, property manager, right? Yeah. Anyway, so our owner is like buying all kinds of buildings right now because the market's great for buying buildings when you have the ability to do so because a lot of people are selling because of the inability to continue to pay. And so you're getting a lot of big buildings mm. for cheap in the same way the housing market's really great for us or whoever is looking for a house. Um, there's just so much demand right now for a house. There's actually, he's able to get in on really good deals on property which is great for him, horrible for an understaffed corporation that is trying to right. grow massively. So and we're which you're the right hand man. Yeah, trying to hire and trying to make sure that everybody's got their ducks in a row. So anyway, I'm, mm. I'm exhausted beyond belief. Um, you know, we, we just went through a miscarriage and um, mm. we are trying to navigate a an 18, almost 19 month toddler who's going through every just little bit of, you know, bout a toddler goes through at this age and it's like oh, trying yeah. to test the boundaries and screaming all the time and like you're just going crazy uh trying to do everything um and navigate what that looks like with jack also working and stuff like that so it's yeah it's needless to say been insane oh man yeah not enough hours in the day sometimes no so like what have you been doing exactly like with with work what what are they asking you to do well, so there are, uh, I don't know, we have 34 managers or something like that now. And we just promoted one manager to regional. So now we have four regionals. And so just got to make sure that everybody knows what they're doing with that they're, that they have the tasks and tools to do what they, they're doing, that everybody's organized. I'm trying to keep my regionals from losing their minds and, uh, keep them focused and not overwhelmed and shuffling people around to try and fit them into where I think their, their, you know, strengths are, which has been a hard process to make big moves. You're making big company moves in the middle of chaos, but where um, my supervisor, the director of operations and I kind of came together on was if you don't do it now, it's only going to get worse. So we basically, for uh analogy sakes we turned a ship like 90 degrees at full steam which is like hard to do so you're just like you're gonna tip over you probably probably i I know i know so we're trying to make the the as gradual of corrections with as much steam as we can to be able to turn it to that direction as fast as we can because we're just growing and uh, our staff is overwhelmed so trying to keep everybody's head afloat as well as not go mentally insane myself well i'm I'm glad you mentioned the word strength because i was actually going to ask you about this let's narrow it to in your working life. What do you think is your greatest strength? Delegation. 
Yes. Delegation. In other words, like influence. That's the word I'm looking for. You're mm. able to in- influence people to get things done. Yeah, I think so. You've got good command over your ship. No, you're, you're telling the people, you know, full steam ahead. And then at the same time, you're telling the guy in the steering wheel, okay, now turn. Um, and they're doing it. And they're listening to you, even though you're probably going to tip over, but they're listening to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think that's, I think that's kind of how corporate structure has to operate. You know, when you're in a, uh, a ship that it has so many personnel that are, you know, required to perform a task to make the ship run, you have to delegate to everybody. We, there's no, not enough power between uh, myself, my supervisor, Scott, to be able to handle this ship without delegation. So we try to throw it to people and say, here, this jives with what you should be able to handle. You got to get to this point. You got to take this, you got to, ha- you know, and so how do you yeah, get them to do it though? How do you get them to actually do it and do a good job? You ask them what their strengths are and you uh-huh. ask them, uh, where they see themselves and then you cater where you already know you need them to go. You cater what they say towards that goal so that they, mm-hmm. in essence, are making that decision with you. Um, and it's not about you telling them, but it's more or less you're coming alongside them and saying, Hey, I already know this about you. Do you know it about you? Let me help you find it a little bit more about you. Now we're there. Okay. This is where I think, and we got to go. What do you think? Oh yeah, you agree. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Now we're there. Okay, cool. Now go do it. But if you tell them to do it from the beginning, you're, you're kind of screwed because they're going to one be like, I'm not good enough at what I do this way, or I'm not doing it right. Or you're mad at me, or I don't want to do that. That sounds like a lot of work, but when you kind of make it a joint decision, they kind of have an ownership to it. And when you have an ownership to something you're doing, you have more of a desire to do it. Cause it's like, I came up with, there's some pride to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's, that's totally true. I mean, I'm, I'm a manager in my job too. And I definitely see, see the truth in that you, uh, people are going to want to do it a lot more if they think it's their idea or if they think they're, they were somehow responsible for coming up with that, that plan of action. And if they understand the philosophy behind it, you know, for example, I had a, a manager call her regional and the regional was like, Hey, help me answer this. And I said, let's all talk about this because this is important to understand the philosophy. Cause her question basically was like, I don't, I don't want to just be taught, you know, how to catch this fish. I, I want to learn how to fish, you know, like I, I want to know what the process is and why you guys are making these decisions. So I don't have to keep going back to you for every single, you know, question that I have. If it all comes back to one philosophy, can I understand the big picture? And I wish everybody asked that question because if you can teach a man or woman to fish, then you got a problem that's bigger than just that one solved. And that kind of helps train your staff into the big picture of what you're doing, why you're doing it, what your owner's goals are. And if you can kind of get them to understand that, then, then you're steering the ship together as opposed to just running around headless. Man, I feel like I really understand what's going on in your life now. So yeah. Yeah. Well, from, I think it's important from there, you know, to kind of discuss a little bit about, you know, why, why we are doing what we're doing, right? Like it's exhausting. I, I mean, I don't know if you find personal identity and the work that you do, Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I struggle with that. Like, uh, am I just working to work? Am I just working to a paycheck? Do I even love what I'm doing? Am I exhausted for any point and reason? You know, is it just for my family? Is it just for this home? Is it just for what, you know, what, what am I doing? <laughs> 
so I guess my, my question is, are you finding value with the work that you're doing? Are you finding value in the position you've been placed in? I think it's a question that, uh, I think about and have different answers day to day, you yeah, know? I, agree. Um, I think one of the best pieces of advice that I got, and it was from my first manager at, at the place that I'm, that I'm at right now. Um, and he said, you know, as you are thinking about how you want to advance in your career, uh, look at somebody that is in a position higher than you. Mm-hmm. And there's probably a variety of people and, you know, go through those different people and, and decide, do you want to be like that person? Yes or no. Do you want to be like that person? Yes or no. And uh, you can realize that there's a lot of different ways to do the same job. And, um, you know, I remember looking around and I, I saw some different managers in my area. Some were, you know, working 60 hour weeks, um, some, were, some were kind of crabby, um, you know, and uh, obviously th- th- those were the kind that I was like, eh, I don't really want that. And so there was one manager in particular who, you know, always seemed to put people first and, you know, would, would leave at a reasonable time. And I was like, yeah, I want to, I guess I would, I would most like to be like that person. Um, and so by, uh, I-, I guess by having that frame of reference, uh, I could, uh, use him as a role model. And then also just realize that I can make it what I want it to be. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to look like what you think it has to look like or how mm-hmm. the same way that somebody else does it. So that was a real tangent on your question. No, it's good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think every day, I mean, yeah, it, weekly I'll ask the question of, should I really be here? Like, am I, is this really the greatest amount of good that I could be doing in mm-hmm. this world? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and probably the answer to that is no. Um, but you know, if the answer to that is no, then you have to ask yourself, well, what is the alternative? Um, and that, that always requires a lot more effort that requires a lot of thinking and, um, you know, and a lot of prayer and a lot of, uh, extra energy. And so I think it's easiest to stay in the status quo just because you don't know what else to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard because there's so many things in play. Like I could say, you know, this is, this is an actor and actuary podcast, right? I am, uh, I think so. I, I am pursuing acting. I'm pursuing the film business. I probably work 95% of my work is in this other job. And that's just truth. And I think that a lot of people who are pursuing the film industry, either one don't want to voice like the need for other income or other work or two don't have it and are probably broke mm. <laughs> or, you know, finding that, that they're not really enjoying the pursuit because the pursuit comes at such a cost to, living to eating to, you know, a a basic need. And I think I came to the conclusion, you know, years back that, yeah, I'm going to pursue and I'm going to align kind of what you said with a side quote unquote side job, my full-time job 
that allows me to still pursue avenues. Sometimes like these last few weeks and month that uh, have been brutal, there's no time. No, I have no energy by nighttime to pursue anything else. There, you know, there's just no ability. Um, however, I know that those seasons come and go and you, you do what you got to do in those seasons, but I'm not going to forego the ability to provide for my family at the cost of a pleasurable desire to have success in the film industry, because I could throw it all in the flame and say, I'm going all in, you know, let's sell the house. Let's go get a studio apartment, slam in there for three years and just put all of my 100% effort into writing the perfect script or working on the perfect audition or directing the perfect show. And I, I could have a chance of, you know, making it work, take the equity or whatever and put it into something, spend it myself, make it myself and hopefully sell it. And people do that. And a lot of people fall, fall on their face. And some people find that it actually works for them and it jumpstarts their career. There's a, there's a risk involved and you know, a lot about risk that risk is opportunity. <laughs> totally <laughs> risk is opportunity. And at the cost of what though, you know, if it was just me, mm -hmm. I would probably do it. But at the risk of possibly hurting my family, I can't, that's too great of a risk. In your current job as a property mogul, um, is that a better word than? Oh yeah. An important person or powerful person, especially in the motion picture or media industry. Oh, there Hollywood you go. movie mogul, Sam Goldwyn. Oh, mogul's perfect for you then. Thank you. As a property mogul. Um, if, if all of a sudden you're, you were required to work hundred hour weeks with no end, like would that, would you get out? I mean, I'm thankful to be in a position to where there's a little bit of choice. Um, I mean, really, I report to one guy who probably will listen to these podcasts. Um, and, <laughs> hey, <dude>. and, <laughs> and I, I'd be honest with you, like I, I have, I've, we've, you know, me and him talk about this a lot. Uh, I think he's also, he struggles with this too. We, we struggle with it. Like it's hard. It's hard to pursue a really intense business and also feel like you have a family life. Um, I have certain boundaries that I, I put up some, I've been a little bit looser around, but there's still boundaries. Like, you know, I still take my daughter every single morning. Um, and I wouldn't have that if I had the hour drive into an actual office, I have the luxury of being able to work from home. So I, I basically save an hour that certain people don't, um, each way. And I, I really push into that to be with my daughter in the morning. And so I'll do mobile emails until almost eight. And that's, I've set myself up in a system to be able to do that in the mornings to where I'm still able to you know, send an email, my daughter hands me a book, read a quick book, they're three pages, uh, you know, and then send an email, she runs off, she grabs another book, she comes back, read a book. And like, that's something that I've, I'm like, I could sit in the morning at 637 and sit down on my computer and go for that extra hour until eight. But one, I want to provide for my wife and give her some rest that she totally deserves. Because after that, it's go time for her. And I also want to know my daughter. And if I'm only catching the post dinner bath time routine, bedtime, I don't know her. And I, I really pour into that morning. So that's a boundary that I've, I've been able to set up even through these crazy weeks um, to know that I'm going to give her the love that she deserves. And, uh, and I don't think it'll ever get to what you say 
uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, conversations that my staff have had about these kinds of things to make sure that we aren't going crazy, that we're promoting people, that we're, you know, hiring more staff. Uh, we've had that that come to Jesus moment. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point you bring up. Um, I actually think that no matter what job you are in, if you are doing a good job, you you have that power um, to set boundaries and to make things look the way that you want them to look. Mm-hmm. Um, at like personally as a manager, it's, it's, you know, it's my job to get as much out of people as possible. And I know that if, if the people that are working for me, you know, need this, you know, they, they need to do this in order to be happy, to be productive, then I, I will happily let them do that. And yeah. so I think there is a lot of opportunity for you to say, Hey, I need to do this in order to be the most productive. And if you are a good worker and you are valuable, then um, you can make that happen. Yep. Yeah. And you have to have those same like expectations for your staff. I had a manager reach out recently and she's been with us for a while. She has probably more property and and units than any other manager in her company. She's a hard worker. And she came to me and she's like, I know this is kind of last minute next week. I really need to take three days and just get out of town. My friend said that she can take, we can go camping in tents. All background. And, and I was like, absolutely. Like you've earned it. You know, who am I to say, no, like you've done your work. Like we'll help it. We'll help you make sure that you can get out, do what you need to do, but you, you need to go as much as I need you to go. So, because I need you to be rejuvenated. I need you to have life back and and not be burnt out. So those are the kinds of things. If you're, if you have expectations on your staff that you can't even handle yourself, then that's, that's something you need to work at. But when you can understand that you need time, understand your staff needs time, then, then that's something you have to kind of figure out, work out. Right. And, and actually I experienced this today. Um, I am in a Monday night golf league. And so I, I golf today and it, it's kind of a standing thing. I golf, it's, you know, from like four to seven every Monday. Um, and some of the, the, someone in a different department scheduled a meeting at like five 30 today, which is like, just, you know, come on, why are you doing that? But as it's cause there were some higher level people in there. And of course their calendars are full. Anyway, my manager is also in the meeting and the same thing happened to me last year. And last year I didn't say anything about it. And I went golfing and I like basically took the call from the golf course, which was terrible because I did like, it, I did not do well on the call and I did not do well in my golf game. And yeah. it just like put a damper on everything. And so this time I just talked to my manager and I said, Hey, it's my golf league. Do you, if you, if, if it's important that I'm, that I need to be there, I will be there. If not, can you take it? And he was like, yeah, no, it's, I'll take it. It's all good. And there was no problem with doing that. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just, it took a little bit of communication ahead of time. And I know that if I were the manager in that situation and I were planning to be there, I would say the exact same thing Yeah, because I know that, you know, the person on my team would just resent being there and, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like, there's no, there's no point. It's so. five 30. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. dumb. No, yeah. that's good. And I, it sounds like he did the right thing. Um, and you have to know that you have to, you have to be aware of, of what your staff can handle and also the time that they need for themselves. Yeah. So you listener, you person listening. Yes. You, you, you go make that change that you've yes. been wanting to make for two years. Yes. You just ask. Yes. And guess what? 
you you're going to be more productive and you're going to get what you want. So <laughs> do it. Wow. Look at you just on the soapbox. Just hit. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm on fire. Well, I don't know what this podcast was about, but hopefully it was <clears throat> of some value. I mean, it truly was just well, talking just, about work. Yeah. I mean, it was just about uh, it was about your life. Your life's been busy. And and, you know, I threw in some of my own two cents. We'll leave it at that. Uh, I'm, I'm Jeffrey Larson, the actor. Aaron Sorbel, the actuary. Turn that shoe.